Let's Face the Issues is a daily broadcast ministry of First Conservative Baptist Church with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Dr. Youngblood is also the founder, president of Conservative Theological University. Let's Face the Issues broadcast deals with real issues facing our culture today from a biblical perspective. God created three institutions, the home, government, and the church. Therefore, any issue that is harmful or has a negative impact on either of these institutions will be carefully dealt with and confronted from a biblical worldview. Too often, good people are afraid to confront serious issues that are attacking the church, the home, and Christians. We must stand against the enemies of the family and the church. Tune in each day for another broadcast of Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Here is Dr. Youngblood with Let's Face the Issues. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today as we face the issues. We've got a great program planned for us today, one that I believe deserves your participation, your questions, your comments, dialogue, and discussion. We look forward to that. And that telephone number for doing so is 831-0917, 831-0917. It's always my joy and delight to be able to come to you through this broadcast talking about issues that I believe confront us all as a people, whether we're lost or saved, uh, there is a need to understand what's taking place in the world. And especially from the position of a Christian, we need to be more circumspect in our lives, and yet we need to recognize that God is sovereign, God is still on the throne, uh, God is still ruler over all. And may I say to you today, as we talk about an issue, the believer's judgment, it's called the Bema Seat Judgment, or the Judgment Seat of Christ. What does that mean? Who will be there? How will, we be, how will it be determined? I'm delighted to have Pastor Davis with us today. Pastor Davis, good morning, and welcome to uh, this program today. Good morning. Thank you so much, Dr. Youngblood. It's truly a blessing uh, to be back, you know, uh, here with you once again in the studio to be able to do a live broadcast. Amen. Amen. And I just thank God for where he has brought you from, how he's blessed your family, and how he's still yet blessing. We are praying that God will continue to bless, and I thank God also for being able to rejoice at the sight. Amen. Of Dr. Phelps being in the building this morning. Amen. Amen. This still lets me know that God is a healer. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, uh, Pastor Davis, as you know, as our listening audience has uh, been able to sit in for me on a number of occasions in the past 90 days, when we've gone through the deep valley with the uh, COVID Wuhan China uh, virus and uh, with the death of our son, one of our sons. And I am so thankful uh, for Pastor Davis and others that sat in for me during the uh, days that I could not be here personally. But I'm thankful to be alive and be able to be back and to be in the seat with the microphone in hand and the opportunity to share with our listeners today. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you, it's 831-0917. But as we get into the broadcast, let me remind you, the prerequisite for all that we do and say is based on the written, revealed, inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. I call it the truth book. Jesus talked about it as truth. Jesus is truth. And Jesus said to his disciples, he's speaking to them in John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, in that two little short verses in John 8, 31 and 32, the key to understanding the truth is to remain, continue, constantly be in the word of God. Jesus calls it my word. It's the word of God. Then you are my disciples indeed. The word indeed means surely, truly. 
We are not a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ unless we stay continually, constantly dwell on the truth book, the word of God. And he says, and then you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Ladies and gentlemen, it's knowing the Lord Jesus Christ that sets us free. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am truth. And then he makes a declaratory statement in John 17, 17, when he says, thy word is truth. It's the truth of the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, that should be the passion for our hearts, the modus operandi of life. It should be that which we live by, strive to serve based on truth. You know, folks hate truth today. In fact, in the Beltway in Washington, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, AOC, and the balance of the socialist Marxist BLM Democrat Communist uh, Party, uh, they hate truth. Uh, they despise the truth. And that comes to fruition. George Orwell, the secularist, wasn't saved, wasn't a Christian, a secularist. But George Orwell said in his book entitled 1984, Projecting What America Would Be Like by 1984, George Orwell made a statement that is so profound that I must tell you, quote it once again. He said, the further society drifts from the truth, the more we'll hate those who speak it. And we find that to be very, very true today. There's a hatred a rejection, a revulsion of those of us that stand for truth. It is Jim DeMint, the former U.S. senator, that made a statement that said America's decline is linked to the death of truth. And may I say to you, that is exactly correct today. This is the reason I go to the 15th century theologian and church reformer, Jan Hus. By the way, you've heard me quote Hus many, many times. Uh, I uh, do not have 100% agreement with Jan Hus's theology uh, in every aspect of it. But he did make a powerful statement that I've quoted so often for so many years. Jan Hus says, faithful Christians seek the truth, listen to the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, tell the truth, live the truth, and defend the truth even to death. And may I say to you, there's not a better uh, mantra, there's not a better uh, modus operandi for life than to follow that statement by Jan Hus, the 15th century theologian and church reformer. Truth is what we need to stand on. Truth is what we need to be willing to stand, even if it means death. And ladies and gentlemen, listen very carefully. I'm not a prophet, no son of a prophet, as Amos said in the little book of Amos, chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. But I want us to understand that we're coming very rapidly to the day and time, based on what we're seeing in America today and around the globe, with the demonic delusion and the satanic uh, uh, attacks that's taking place on a global basis, uh, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against wickedness and principalities in high places, rulers of the darkness of this world, according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And as we see that, we recognize that there's coming a day that we're going as Christians. We will not go through the tribulation, but we will suffer tribulation, we'll suffer persecution. The Apostle Paul says, all who love Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And we're seeing the persecution and the prosecution of Christians at the hand of Joe Biden and the Biden cabal, as I call it, as a result of hating truth, disliking truth, and rejecting Christians and Christianity. Ladies and gentlemen, this portion of today's broadcast is sponsored by Tools for Time. Tools for Time is an outdoor power equipment dealership company specializing in the turnkey business packages for individuals looking to own your own landscape or lawn care business. Tools for Time carries the full line of homeowner brands like Honda and Echo. Tools for Time carries the full line of hurricane preparedness equipment. Ladies and gentlemen, Tools for Time carries the full line of Honda generators. And Tools for Time has a knowledgeable staff that can answer all of your questions about professional power uh, equipment or the homeowner brand landscape and lawn care equipment. Uh, Tools for Time is located at 11291, that's 11291 Old St. Augustine Road. 
you're looking for a benchmark how to find that number, find the intersection of Old St. Augustine Road and I-295. There's a gigantic flagpole there, 165-foot flagpole, the American flag, old glory, flying 24-7. At the base of that flagpole, you'll find the home of Tools for Time, toolsfortime.com, toolsfortime.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about today what is called the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ or the Judgment Seat of Christ or what I'm simply calling today the Believer's Judgment. Pastor Davis is with me today, and I'm always thankful to have him on uh, the set with me in our conversation and discussion about spiritual matters, spiritual issues, issues that confront us, makes the difference between life and death in multitudes across the, across the globe. And I'm praying today, as you tune in, as you're listening, that you'll take time. If you're not driving, sit down and take notes. I believe it's imperative Amen. that we Amen. take notes as we're studying the Scripture. And this is a very, very broad brush study of the subject, the beam of seat judgment, because if we were to sit in taking the scripture and sit and go through scripture after scripture after scripture, we'd literally be hours in discussing and studying this subject. But ladies and gentlemen, I want us to understand as a little prerequisite to getting into that study, I want us to talk about the fact that our world is in conflict today. Our world is absolutely out of control. Amen. Our world is in a position, especially in America, we're living in chaos and confusion and calamity as never in the history of our nation. Uh, Pastor Davis, I believe that we see people today that's so caught up and involved in just trying to live life, just trying to get along, just trying to put one foot in front of the other, Amen. just attempting to live day after day, that they do not recognize the bigger picture of what is taking place and how Satan is deceiving and Satan is deluding and Satan is trying to tear down and destroy. As a result of that, Pastor, I believe there are multitudes of people that are not living according to the Word of God, especially Amen. as Christians. Amen. As Christians, we need to recognize, ladies and gentlemen, that God has a plan for us, and that plan is for eternal life. That plan is for living eternity in eternity. Amen. And in doing so, the thing that excites me, Pastor Davis, is we have rewards, awards uh, uh, that's going to be given to us based on how we live our lives. Amen. One Amen. of the things, go ahead. I, I will certainly say, Dr. Youngblood, I'm going to say good morning, amen, to my bride of 35 years, amen. Thank God for you and all of the listening audience, amen, amen. in St. Mary's, amen, my big sister, others, amen, who are there this morning, amen. I certainly thank God for all of you. And as we said, make sure that you take notes, amen. We have many scriptures. We never get a chance to cover everything in every That's broadcast. Right. That's right. My bishop always told me, you can't tell it all. That's right. So you have to break off a little piece and just work with that, That's right. amen, until the next time. That's right. But just know and understand, we'll run out of time before we run out of word. But we thank God, amen, because his word endures forever. But the puzzling aspect for me, Dr. Youngblood, onto what you just got finished saying about life in general in our society on today yes. is why do they keep saying that we are the woke culture? That's right. I don't understand that because I'm wondering what are they woke to? It's That's definitely right. not the truth. <laughs> not the truth, no. So They're, they're dead when it comes to truth. They're amen. asleep when it comes to truth. Amen. They're certainly not woke, as they call it, or awakened uh, to truth. They're amen. simply rejecting amen. truth. Amen. And that's one of the major problems we find today. But ladies amen. and gentlemen, listen very carefully. What seems to be our life in living, we seem to be living at warp, W-A-R-P, warp speed. And uh, I'm not a Trekkie, but those that watched any of the Star Trek movies, uh, my one of my sons, the one that just went to be with the Lord, he was a Trekkie from his growing up days. He liked Star Trek, the genius behind the technology with it that absolutely fascinated him. But they talked about the warp speed, and we're living at warp speed today. And the Bible warns us that our lives are a vapor 
a vapor. Amen. You live to be 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years old and uh, think that that's a long time. When compared to, when put in view of eternity, our life, regardless of our age, is simply as a fly speck on a gigantic wall. Amen. It Amen. is minuscule. James says it's living life is as a vapor when we look at it in view of eternal life. Multitudes today will debate. Multitudes today will uh, debate what's taking place, will debate what happens after a person dies. Multitudes today will reject the fact of sin. Multitudes today will reject the fact that there's a place called hell. Multitudes today will uh, eventually say, well, you know, if you die and you've not lived right, if you've not lived for the Lord, uh, it may be that you'll go to hell. But ladies and gentlemen, there's not but two places. Listen very carefully. Every human being, every human being created by holy God to live for eternity. This body, life will have its cessation at some point in time. But we will live throughout all of eternity, either in heaven or in hell. There's only two places, Amen. heaven or hell. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about that place called heaven and not necessarily the aspect of heaven, where it is and what it is. But when we die and we're going to be with the Lord, there's going to be a time of judgment. Perhaps you're listening today and we'll all agree that uh, not everyone uh, that says yes to Jesus Christ will go to heaven. Some have been deluded and deceived into thinking they can simply pray a prayer, and that'll be okay, and then not live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, very carefully. After we've said yes to Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord, my Bible says that old things have passed away, old things have become new. And if all things have not become new, if all things have not passed away, you need to check up to see if you've been Amen. saved. Amen. Check up Amen. to see if you've been saved. Amen. And I really think that that's something all Christians need to do on today. Check your baggage. That's right. Amen. Amen. Check your baggage. Absolutely. Let's not make a mistake about this because we're living too close to the time. Yes. Amen. Of the rapture of the church. Amen. That's the next event. I believe that's on the calendar. Amen. Of God right now. Absolutely. And we need to absolutely be ready on today. Ready. Let's not fool yourself. Let's not be mesmerized by the things that are going on in the absolutely. world because the world are living like the world wants to live. That's right. But we don't have any reason, amen, to be partakers of that because the scripture lets us know, amen, that our citizenship is in, is heaven, in heaven, amen, amen. from whence cometh the Savior. That's right. And I don't know about you, but I want to go back with him when he comes. Absolutely. I'm ready. Amen. <laughs> amen. I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, listen very carefully. Uh, I believe that, uh, and Pastor, I want us to think for a moment, and let's pause just for a moment. I believe that the overwhelming majority of people that perhaps tuned in today that say that they're saved, blood-bought, Bible-saved, born again, that they make that profession of faith, their confession of their faith in Jesus Christ, but there is somehow, some way, a like, L-A-C-K, of understanding that after the rapture of the church, there will be the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. There will be the Bema seat judgment, the place where every Christian, listen carefully, every Christian will stand individually, will stand uniquely, will stand alone before the Lord Jesus Christ for our lives to be examined under the scrutiny and the searchlight of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In fact, in John 5:22 and John 5:26, the scripture says, uh, God does not judge any man, but all judgment is commended to the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Amen. Son of God. So Jesus Christ is the judge. And listen very carefully. We're talking about the beam of seat judgment of Christ. We're not talking about the lost people now. Lost folks, those that have not said yes to Jesus, will be adjudicated by the Lord Jesus Christ at the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Amen. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Bema seat judgment. 
the bema seat. The word bema simply means the judgment seat. It is the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I remind us, ladies and gentlemen, that there is coming a day that everyone that said yes to Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord, after the rapture of the church, there will be an examination. There will be a discovery, if you will, of how we lived our lives. Pastor, I'm going to take a moment, and if you would turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. I'm going to read that, and then we're going to talk about it for a moment before we get into the skeleton, as I call it, the outline that I normally teach and preach by in relationship to spiritual things. Amen. In the uh, fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, verse 10 and 11, Pastor, if you would read that for us, then we're going to chat about it for a moment. Amen. Verse number 10 says, for we must all, that's a must. That's Amen. right. That's not guessing. That's right. That's telling us for sure. No alternatives. Amen. No alternatives. Amen. Amen. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone, everyone, amen, may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Verse number 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, <coughs> We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. Amen. Amen. Uh, pastors, we look at that text. I'm just going to break it out for us for a moment. For God, because we must, it's absolute, it's imperative, all, I mean, is all, all. Amen. And Amen. In the context, it's talking about believers, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone, you could put it each and every one. Uh, somebody can't stand in for me. I can't stand in for someone else. But everyone may receive the things done, that is, reward for the things done in the body, that is, in the flesh, not the spiritual life, but the fleshly life, in the body, according to he, according to that he hath done, whether it be good, that's the word kelos, means honorable, or bad, that's the word uh, paneros, means wicked, evil, worthless, with no account and no value. So Amen. the stage is set, ladies and gentlemen, for us to discuss this today as we think on the subject, the believer's judgment. We're talking about the fact that multitudes of Christians today say, well, I'm saved. I've invited Christ in my life. I can basically go to church if I please. I can uh, sin if I please because after all, you know, all of our sins are already under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's been forgiven. So it really doesn't matter what I do after I've said yes to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, that's an absolute hypocrite. That's an absolute lie. Amen. That's an absolute demonic devilish deception. Because after we've said yes to Jesus Christ, it's not like buying a Jaguars football ticket and saying I've already got my ticket so I've got a passport to get in that gate and watch the game. You don't get into the gate with a passport just on the basis of saying words. It's having a relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not, as Dr. Phelps said in the folder that he so, uh, prepared, it's not just religion, it's relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ that Amen. makes the difference. It is that every believer must face that believer's judgment. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment. It's the place where the Lord Jesus Christ will judge every Christian, every deed done in the body, whether it be good or bad. The judgment seat of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is not, listen, you need to understand this, it's not to determine if you're saved or lost. Amen. You hear me? 
It's not to determine if you're saved or not. Amen. Amen. Once we've said yes to Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, our sins are remitted, our sins are atoned for, our sins are under the blood, and we're robed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're on our journey of sanctification, and that process of sanctification takes a lifetime before we get to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus. But Amen. I'm talking about those that are saved, Pastor, those who said yes to Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord. Uh, stand, we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ. It's because we are saved that we'll be there. Amen. Saved people, only saved people, will be before the judgment seat of Christ, not lost people. There will not be one lost human being standing in the judgment seat of Christ. It will be only saved people. And those that are lost will eventually be fully adjudicated, as I call it, judged based on uh, their lostness in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. It's referred to there, ladies and gentlemen, as the uh, great white throne judgment. It is where there'll be weeping and wailing. There'll be those standing before the Lord Jesus, which will be the same judge that judges Christians for what we've done in the body, whether it be good or bad. They will adjudicate, they will judge every lost person. And at that point in time, according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, that they will say, Lord, Lord, have we not done great works, etc. There will be those that will try to defend themselves, become their own advocate, their own attorney, in defending themselves before the Lord Jesus in the a great white throne judgment. We're not Amen. talking about that judgment day. We're talking about the beam of seat judgment. That's where lost people will not be. That's where only saved people will stand. So just what will happen at the beam of seat judgment? Let's examine some of those things, Pastor. Amen. First of all, I want us to talk about the period of judgment. The question is, when will that take place? When will the judgment seat of Christ take place? It takes place immediately after the rapture. Hear me. You may have Someone may have died a hundred years ago. They're in heaven. They're not in a limbo. They're not in a uh, uh, place where would be called purgatory, as some denominations, some religions believe. No such thing as purgatory. No such thing as limbo. No such thing as a holding tank where you go to and eventually you're taken out. And if you've been prayed for enough, if the priest is, uh, you've paid the priest enough money that somehow, some way, you will come out of purgatory, out of limbo. And go, no, 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 we're not talking about that. To be absent, the body is to be present with the Lord. Time we die in the Lord, we're present with the Lord. But after the rapture of the church, every child of God, every Christian, those that are alive and caught up in the clouds with the Lord Jesus Christ, those that have been dead for centuries and brought out of the grave and with the Lord Jesus Christ at the rapture of the church, will stand before Jesus Christ in the beam of seat judgment. Amen. Now listen very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. The rapture of the church is real. And now you can look in your concordance in your Bible. There's not a word there that says rapture. There are a lot of people that get all confused and have uh, chaos and confusion and consternation. And there's uh, main religious denominations. There are the religious cults that deny the rapture of the church. Some even in the realm of Calvinism. If it's a Calvinist, there are some that believe and some disbelieve in the rapture of the church. That doesn't change the fact that the rapture of the church is going to take place. Ladies and gentlemen, 1 Thessalonians chapter, 13, chapter 3, verse 13 through 18 is the classic text in the Bible about the rapture. And there will be the rapture of the church. We'll be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. And verse 18 of the third chapter of 1 Thessalonians says, Wherefore comfort ye one another with these words. So it should be a comfort to us to know that the rapture of the church is going to take place. Pastor, it could take place before we finish this broadcast. Amen. Amen. And I'm ready. I don't know Amen. About those Amen. I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. My God, I tell you. And, you know, uh, saints, let's make sure we know and understand that we're not going before that beam of seat. 
to 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 face uh, uh, Christ as judge. That's right. We're going to face him as his children. That's right. So actually, what he's doing, uh, uh, Dr. Youngblood, is giving us our rewards for the works that we have done in this life. It's what I call a divine examination. Amen. A divine examination. And Jesus Christ loves us. He's our comforter. He's the one that cares for us. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that can provide the healing for our bodies. He's the one that that provides everything that we have in life today through the work of the Holy Spirit. But one day he will be the judge, the adjudicator of what we've done. Amen. Not whether we're lost or saved. And I want our believers, I want those listening today to understand that the beam of seat judgment is not to examine whether you're lost or saved. That's already done. That's already settled at the cross when we said yes to Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord. Amen. So it should cause everyone, Pastor, listening today to uh, determine, to examine themselves, to determine if they're saved. Amen. And if you're saved, ladies and gentlemen, based on the authority of the written, revealed, inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God, you'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the rapture of the church to be examined. Our lives will be examined under the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-scrutinizing eye of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we are with Jesus, but we will have our works our deeds examined according to the scripture we read a moment ago. In fact, Pastor, there's another text that is so powerful that says very much the same thing. It's found in uh, Romans, the uh, 10th chapter, the 14th chapter. Romans 14, verse 10, 11, and 12. Pastor, read that for us, and then I want us to talk about it in a moment. Amen. Romans 14, 10, 11, and 12. Yes. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Amen. Amen. Give an account, and it says that every knee is going to bow. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 5 through 11, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And in the context here, Pastor, of the period of judgment, which will be after the rapture of the church, every one of us, ladies and gentlemen, if we're saved, will stand with bowed knee before the Lord Jesus Christ for him to scrutinize and with his all-seeing, all-knowing, penetrating eye, examine our lives. Now, I don't know about the folks that are listening today, Pastor. But to me, that is not frightening. It is absolutely delimifying. Amen. Because when we understand that we're going to be examined for how we live our lives, and we'll look at a moment as to what we're going to be examined for, every word that's spoken, every deed that's done, every action that's taken, will be adjudicated and judgment based on whether or not we, not whether or not we're saved, but whether or not we've lived our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it will be at that point that it will be determined what kind of rewards we'll get. And, Pastor, we're going to talk about those rewards in just a minute. Amen. Well, Dr. Youngblood, let me say right yes. there, yes, uh, right there. I mean, it should be frightening yes. for some if they are living in unrepent, unrepentant sin. Yes, absolutely. Amen. If you are living as a hypocrite and a believer should know, it should be uncomfortable for you. Yes. To live as a hypocrite in this world. bring conviction. Because, I mean, of the simple fact, the Spirit of God is there to convict you when you are doing wrong. That's right. That is his purpose. He is to lead us, guide us, keep us, bring us all things back to our remembrance, what the Lord has said. That's the job of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I love, amen, God for that, for giving us, amen, the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us in the right way. That's right. That's the scrutinizing 
work of the Holy Spirit, the guiding Amen. and directing. Amen. And one of the things, Pastor, that I find so disconcerting to me personally is to find so many Christians that are living their lives, claiming to be saved, saying they've said yes to Jesus Christ, but their walk, their talk, their action, their deeds do not exemplify Christ at My all. My God. At all. My God. Ladies and gentlemen, not only we see the period of the judgment, but as I call it, the people of the judgment. We talked about that a moment ago in Second Corinthians 5.12. For we must all, that's every believer, appear, appear to stand in front of, is to be for the judgment seat of Christ. The word before means pros, in front of. We will stand. Can you picture now? Uh, Pastor, if I can just draw a picture for our listeners. In a court of law, in a courtroom, the judge is on a higher plane standing before in front of and uplifted. He is looking down on the subjects that's before his bar of judgment to adjudicate whether or not they're guilty or not guilty. Here is Jesus Christ. We will be bowed before him on our knees, and all of us are required to be there. No option, no getting out, no saying, well, I want a, a change of uh, venue. I want to do it some other time. All. Only saved people, not lost people, be there. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand that Jesus Christ is looking. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take the top of the hour news break. After the news, stay tuned. Don't turn you down. We'll be right back. This is Let's Face the Issues with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood from First Conservative Baptist Church and Conservative Theological University in Jacksonville, Florida. To learn more, visit conservative.edu. 